It is Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, not only along for the ride, but he is all smiles because his Yankees are about to hoist another AL East championship banner, which I'm not so sure Yankee fans care about, but we will certainly be talking about it. How are you, sir? See, Rosie, it's great to see your beautiful face. I know you've already been working hard this morning, so yes. we appreciate that showing up uh, here with me on this show with the Ant people. Um, I'm doing great, man. I got a nice cup of joe here. Had a good day yesterday. I actually right. got a lot of sleep. And mm-hmm. I tend to not do that. I'm not a big sleep guy. I don't need a lot. But um, my weekend kind of caught up with me. And last night, boy, I snoozed, bro. It was great. Good. I love it. So Sometimes that's always good when you got young kids. You put them down for, for Betty by, and then you hit the A. That's always a good thing. I Can do want to remind something? everybody. Yes, please. I've been watching Rings of Power. It's the Lord of the Rings show. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm a big Lord of the Rings guy. The show has not captured me yet. It's been tough. Mm. I just don't know if our fans feel the same way. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Yeah. Please leave a comment, or if you're live with us on the AMP app, you can always let uh, Trevor know your two cents. There you go. I want to remind everybody that we are in the middle of our Crits Ball debut week. So every day at 6 o'clock, there is a new game that is out there. If you haven't seen it, it's a combination of Blitzball and Cricket. People really love it. They are eating it up. We have one of the greatest cricket players ever as my booth analyst, a guy named Darren Sammy who is the captain of the West Indies World Cup team a couple of times. So great dude, loves it. He he sits up there and laughs based on how the action is going. He's like, I can't believe that happened in his Bahamian tone. Um, So give it a shot. If you haven't seen it before, if you don't know the rules, it doesn't matter. We are all learning together. It's really a lot of fun. So every day at 6 o'clock Eastern, we unveil the next episode on our Warehouse Games channel. So please check it out. But. Let's get to a little baseball talk, since that's what we do. The Yankees are your American League East champs. They took care of business in Vlad's house last night. Now, of course, when there is so much pressure to win it all, like there is on the New York Yankees, can you really, truly, emotionally celebrate a division title? This is the question that I thought was the most ridiculous question you've yet to ask me. (laughs) On baseball today, of course, you celebrate a division crown, especially, especially in the AL East, which, you know, has probably been the best division in baseball. And you heard Aaron Boone say that you heard Aaron Judge say that. And you know what? It wasn't easy for them either. You know, they came out and got a big lead. And then, you know, they had like every team has like a little valley. Okay, like they started losing some games and people were questioning them. You know, could the rotation continue to go? Was Nestor Cortez a real thing? Was, you know, was this a fluke? He ain't a fluke. He's the real deal. Okay. Aaron Judge has continued to be Aaron Judge. Like they've gotten Glaber Torres going. Like everything that they've worked for, you know, I think that division title represents. Like, yes, you want to win a World Series in New York. And I understand the pressure that's there for that. But this is huge for them. You have to do this first. You have to make it to the playoffs. You want to win the division. And not only that, you know, they've they've sealed the bye, essentially. So it's 
I think 100% you can celebrate and you should celebrate. And I love Michael K through that big dagger at Vlad there at the end of the broadcast saying, what a gracious host letting us celebrate in his house. And I think that means something too. I think that's an, another reason to celebrate. You did it in Toronto, a team that wants to knock you off. It has been pretty mm-hmm. vocal about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, even the night before when Vlad said that. So I think there's plenty of reason to celebrate. And I'll tell you this, Chris, Toronto is a great place to win a division championship and go out and celebrate. That's a really fun city, bro. Here's why I didn't think the question was ridiculous. I wasn't talking about the actual physical celebration of putting the, you know, the tarp over the lockers and spraying the champagne and wearing the goggles and all that stuff. I'm not talking about the physical. I'm talking about the emotional when you know that people are only going to accept one thing. And there's a handful of teams that deal with that. And it might only be two this year in the playoffs. It might only be the Yankees and the Dodgers. I even think that the Braves fans would not that they would be. I think they would be okay if, if the Braves didn't win it again this year, because of all the goodwill they built up after winning it a season ago. Maybe the Astros fans at this point with everything, with all the success they've enjoyed, but there's a very small group of people where winning the division's awesome, but it, that's not it. That's not it. And they know it's not it. So that's what I'm saying. Look, the story wouldn't be the same if Frodo just walked into Mordor and dropped the ring. Okay. Like there are levels to this steps to this. You have to, you know, go through certain passages. Okay. Part of it is winning the division again in a, in an AL East that was, was a beast this year. So I, I yeah. love it, man. And, and, and like I said, I think, What's really cool is it wasn't easy and they did have a lull and they did have to answer that. And they have over the last two weeks played much better baseball. They're going into the postseason hot. Now they have some time. Like we have some time now. Let's set everything up the way we need to set it up. I think the Yankees are looking really good for the postseason. I, I agree. And I do think that they, they should emotionally be able to say, Hey, you know what? We've accomplished something and it is really cool. And I loved watching the interview with uh, Oswaldo Cabrera last night to see the smile on that kid's face. He's like, I cannot believe lucky. it. I've been, what a lucky I've been, but, but you know what? Good, good for him. The guy's played like six positions in less than 40 games and has done a, a bang up job all over the diamond just to see his face. I thought was really cool. Um, yes. Do the Yankees have an enormous payroll? Um, absolutely. Uh, do they have opportunities to get players that most other franchises do not take? Yes, they do. But that doesn't diminish what they've accomplished. Go ahead, caller. I want to give a shout out to someone who I don't give credit to a lot because he's a starter, starting pitcher. And sometimes he annoys me a little bit. I have a ton of respect for what Garrett Cole has done with the New York Yankees with all that pressure from that huge contract. He's, Thrown a ton of innings this year. Has, you know, led that team. So, shout out Garrett Cole. I never really give you credit, but I'm going to give you credit now. Is there really that much pressure when you've got more than $300 million, regardless of outcome? Yeah. In New York, when you get that contract, they expect you to do what he's done. So, I, I think he's I think he's answered the bell. And, 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 man, like, when you pay someone that much money, like, you want him to – pitch as much as he's pitched and, and do the things that he's done. Like I said, it's, I think it's really important to acknowledge that. Okay. I want to acknowledge another pitcher. You already mentioned him. Nasty Nestor. Yeah. Somebody poured ice cold beer down his 
back of his pants. Is it anything goes in a clubhouse celebration or was that, uh, was that dirty pool? I think that's like, you need to do stuff like that. You want to get dirty ah. in the clubhouse on a time like this, man. You, I think you hit it, man. Anything goes in the celebration. You can get, you know, there were some close range champagne uh, shots going on there, which are pretty dangerous, but fun. Um, you know, you mm-hmm. can use some of the tarps as a slip and slide. You can dunk your head and bob for uh, bottles of beer in the cooler. Lots of things go down. Uh, nothing's off limits, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, nothing was off limits in Milwaukee last night, where the St. Louis Cardinals claimed another NL Central crown. Um, besides the pool holes home run chase, and Wayno and Yachty setting the record for most starts by battery mates. Um, what was the biggest story this season with the cards? There's a lot of them, man. They've had a lot of players come up and help. I think Tommy Edmonds been awesome. But when it comes to the postseason, you need to be sure about the back end of your bullpen. And I think Helsley is the guy that, to me, has been the most impressive. Two career saves coming into this year. He's taken over that role, and he's done a bunch of cool shit. Uh, I think it was last night's game. He threw the fastest pitch of the year, over 104 miles an hour. Two weeks ago, he threw an immaculate inning. Like, this guy has been absolutely incredible. They even unveiled the new uh, Hell's Bells uh, walkout Mm -hmm. theme for for, um, when when he's in St. Louis. So they had some fire-breathing dragons in the back of that pen, but he's emerged as the top. And I think it's very important, like I said, going into the postseason, being able to hand him the ball with the lead and saying, this guy is one of, if not the best reliever in all the games. So I'm going to go with Ryan Helsley. Good story. I could have gone with Arenado going back to kind of Arenado MVP-ish status, right? He raised his OPS nearly 100 points this season. Like his power numbers were good his first year in St. Louis in 2021 but the rest of his game just wasn't as good. Barely an 800 OPS, which is good for a for solid players in this league. It's not good enough for a guy like Nolan Arnato. So he once again went back to being the complete player that we saw for so many years out in Denver. But for me, the biggest story was Ali Marmol. Cool. I know that you're not huge into the whole managerial thing, but dude took over when he was 35. Pujols, Wainwright, Yachty all older than him. He's basically the same age as Paul Goldschmidt. That's a lot of firepower where guys could have gone. That's our manager. That's our manager. And so many of those dudes played for La Russa, who, when he walked into a clubhouse, you know, for that decade plus in St. Louis, you knew who was in charge. You knew the way it was going to roll. There was never any questioning or all that sort of stuff. There might have been strategic questioning, but they understood where what the message was and how to get it done. Here, you're having a young guy in his mid-30s come up and try and take over a clubhouse. Didn't hear a damn thing. Not one thing about how it went sideways, how players were questioning his decision-making, or whatever it was. Not one thing. That means he did a good job. He did a really good job, and I think the Cardinals were smart to hire him because when you have a veteran team like this, you don't need a Tony La Russa. You don't need that right. guy. The, the way has been set already. You know you can rely on on Wayno, Yachty, and obviously Pujols coming back, Goldschmidt, or not. All these guys know how to handle the clubhouse, know 
you know, when to have fun, when to work, all that stuff. So Ali is going to lean on them. And then he has a relationship with the younger players as well. So I think it was kind of a, a perfect mixture of, hey, I'm going to pass the clubhouse to my veteran guys. I'll take care of business here, getting everything ready every once in a while. I'm young. I have energy. I can pump you guys up if need be. But I agree. He's been an excellent choice for them and everything has worked out. I do want to mention one more thing about Helsley because I forgot to point this out. The guy went from walking last year, 5.1 per nine. He brought that down to 2.7 per nine. That's he went from striking out 8.9 per nine to 13.2 per nine. So the walks went down, the strikeouts went up. And I was, I didn't, I haven't watched Facing Nolan yet, uh, but I watched a preview of it and it was talking about how he started off as a reliever because he, he couldn't control his stuff, or at least they thought he couldn't mm-hmm. control his stuff. True. Same thing with this. This guy's throwing so hard. You know, how can you control everything? He's a, he's figured out a way to do that. And because of that, he's taken off. I like your call. I like your call better than mine. Good job, Bloop. You get a point on that. Yes. Here's a point to make as well. That baseball today is presented to you by our friends over at Muggsy Jeans. Mm. The most comfortable men's jeans on the planet. Why they are built with proprietary stretch denim. These jeans, they look amazing but it feels like you're wearing sweatpants. Take it from a dude who over the years has tried to, you know, put that button on with those jeans and you're like, oh shit, am I going to fit in these things? I do not have to worry about these. I like them so much. I ordered a second pair. They just arrived last night. So I told you about my charcoal grays. Now I've got your basic blues because I want to get those back into the repertoire. They feel so good. They stretch They give room for your onions down south. If you got thick thighs, kind of like me or a big bootay, you're going to be feeling just fine. And you look great in them. I'm telling you, I wear them out with Michelle. She knows exactly what I'm wearing. And I could see the twinkle in her eye when I put these on. That means it's going to be a good night for the Rose Man. They're never too baggy if you end up losing a little weight. And they go with you if you've been eating a little on the heavier side, let's just Mm. say. So I want you to feel good about physically, like the way you look. And I want you to feel good if parts of your body have expanded in recent times. Okay? Because there's nothing worse than trying to pull on a pair of jeans and you're like, shit! That's not the deal. Head on over to Muggsy.com. Use the code word BASEBALL. You're going to get 10% off your entire order. There you go. Enjoy. You're something else, man. Just telling you how it is. Now let's get on to the National League East. Braves win, Mets lose. One week to go, we are even Steven. Now, of course, on SNY, they have a real interesting post-game show. Uh, John uh, Jastrzemski, I think is how you say his last name. It might be Jastrzemski, but I... You better so get it I've right, on his bro. Radio show. Well, no, I've been on his radio show before. I like John a lot, but I just don't know how to say his last name. Anyway, this is him. And <laughs> let's just listen to what he said about the Mets losing to the Marlins. There is a week left in the regular season. Every game is so precious. 
Every game is so valuable, and what you got from the Mets tonight, if this were June, you'd say no big deal. If this were July, you'd say no big deal. Now with a week left to play, you can't have a no-show for five-plus innings against a Marlins team that doesn't hit a lick. The Atlanta Braves don't lose. They have done a wonderful job of beating up bad teams. It is an absolute must for the Mets to go and win tomorrow. No other way around it. So he's talking about tomorrow being actually today. Do you agree with his assessment or is it just New York media head being New York media head? Oh man. Um, I actually kind of agree with him only because not only is this race, Chris, for top of the division, this is the race for number two seed in the national league. Okay, and we've talked about how important that is to be able to save your pitchers and set it up, especially for the Braves trying to get Strider back in the mix and all of that stuff. So I think it, you know, the Mets have been at the top of this division for so long. And when you have someone breathing down your neck and it's a team like the Braves, I understand the sense of urgency, the frustration, because not only do you not want to get caught by them for the division, but there is a massive buy that you need to have. And both these teams would benefit greatly. It's We've said it many times, but I don't think you could say it enough. That buy is going to mean so much in these playoffs. I don't even I think we might revisit the playoff system after we see how much the bye has helped these teams. I think it's going to be a massive massive advantage. And dude, he's I mean, he's right. These are when you're playing a team like the Marlins who is out of it, this has fired their manager that is playing for nothing, they're setting up going home, like you got to take these games ahead of a massive set. So, I don't like the way it was delivered, you know, I'm not a, I'm not like that kind of yelling talking head type of guy. But he's speaking the truth. Yeah, it felt a little mad dog light, if you will, from JJ. Um, you're going to lose games. If you play a week of baseball, you're, it's hard to go 7-0 and in a week. They've got the Braves this weekend, weather pending. Let's get that cleared up. Hopefully, have, hopefully they can play the series in Atlanta. I don't, I don't know how that's going to go, but we'll discuss it at a further date. And obviously, there's much more important things going on with Hurricane Ian than just trying to figure out where our baseball schedule is going to play out. With all that being said, obviously that's the big series, right? If you take it two games to one, either direction, it could end up swinging the series, the season series. And, and obviously that number two seed, but most importantly, you've got to take care of business. He is right. When you say the Marlins don't hit a lick and twice in the first two or three innings, they had the bases loaded. Come on. You have to do better than that. You have to do better than that. And I would agree with him. I think today is a must win. And let's remember, tiebreaker is in the Mets' favor right now. They're up two games. Atlanta would have to sweep the series to get the tiebreaker. So if they end up tied at the end of the year, which could happen, regardless of how the season goes, the Mets would be the – I guess would they split the NL East – division and then they would just get the bye like how does that go you mean who gets crowned the champion yeah would they just share it it would be the mets no okay. you win a tiebreaker okay <laughs> that seems weird no that's how they do it in all in every other sport 
You're not coaching. It's just never happened in baseball before. It's always a game 163. So just weird True. for me to say, hey, we had the same record, but because you won one more game against us, you're the division winner. I thought maybe they would just say, you both won the division, but you get the tie break because you had the higher seed. Or you would get the buy. Well, Whatever. okay, let me say this. Every other sport, there's never been a co-champion of a division. Okay. Yeah, they don't play. Well, they don't play an extra game in football, and I don't even know know, what basketball does. I'm never going to put it past baseball to do something that makes me. um, This is weird as hell. This tiebreaker thing is so strange to me. And again, the the buy thing is doing it. I'm happy they're doing it. When you play 19 times, shit. Why should we have to play one more time anyway? Especially when we got an extra round of the playoffs, we can't do it now. So, I think it's good. Uh, Bigger story. To come out of Tuesday, Tony Gonsolin, two scoreless innings in his first rehab start for the Dodgers. Or on this Wednesday, that Tyler Glass now makes his 2022 debut for your Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Both incredibly big stories for these teams. We've mentioned how left-handed heavy the Dodgers rotation is going to be. They need Gonsolin back. Although I think I've read somewhere that he's only going to, he's not, they're not going to stretch him out as like a six, seven in a guy, they're going to give him like four and piggyback him maybe with a Heaney or something like that. So I'm going to yep. say glass now coming back for the raise um, is the bigger story. And I, and I think he's along the same lines. I don't think he's going to go out there and throw you seven innings. Okay. Like he's probably going to have to piggyback with one of the other guys, but this gives now the Rays, who were always like, who's their starters. You go, you have McClanahan, obviously at the top, then you have Rasmussen and you have Springs and then you add in glass now who like, you could use him as like an opener. Like we'll see what they do with him, what kind of role he'll have. Like, is he going to be an Andrew Miller type for them? Like Cleveland had back in the day where he's a high leverage guy and you just throw him whenever need be. I think he could do that. Is that going to mess with the arm a little bit? I don't know how his prep is. So we'll see how they use him. I know it's going to be unconventional to everybody else in the league, but it's going to be conventional for the Rays because they just do things like that. The reason I'm wearing my Tampa Bay Rays hat, and usually I am not rooting for the Rays to do well when they're playing my team, the Cleveland Guardians, Um, but I'm rooting for my dude. I'm excited for him. You know, it was very interesting because he's been on the Rose rotation eight, nine times since he had Tommy John surgery, and he would never commit to, I am definitely pitching in 2022. He wanted to, but he didn't. I think I think the thing that sealed it for him was that extension. I think he felt like once that he knew he had the support of the organization financially and didn't have to worry about that side of it, that he could just let it. And this is nothing that we've had as a discussion, he and I. It, I will ask him the next time, though. I have him on the show. You know, once you know that financially you're going to be taken care of, and you're coming back from a major arm injury, you don't have to sit there and say, God, am I pushing it too much to get back by the end of 2022? Maybe I just sit it out, keep working my rehab over the offseason, and I'll see you in 2023 and feel good about myself. With all that being said... I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's probably fair. Um, With all that being said, he can be a weapon for them. He can be a major weapon for them. Even if it's only once in a three-game series in that wild card round, And then maybe the next round, if they make it to the divisional round, whether they're playing the Astros or the Yankees, if he can start and give you four innings with that, with the arms they've got coming out of that bullpen, 
That is enormous. Enormous. He's enormous. I love that he's going to be back. And I think you made a really good point about, you know, look, you play this game for a long time. You go through some injuries and this is a small window to, to earn your money. Yeah, that's what happens in baseball. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have faulted him if he didn't have anything in place. And he said, you know what? I'm just going to take the rest of the season off to make sure I'm healthy. We know in, in Tommy John, the longer you wait to rehab, the better off you're going to be. It seems that way. When did he have the surgery? Last August? Uh, I believe, yeah, I believe it was August. Might have been July. He heard Might have been July. June, and they, they tried to push it. Um, They tried to give him rest and stuff. And then they were like, I mean, he knew pretty quickly. He was like, so we're about 15, 16 months removed. And I think that, you know, if he's feeling good and again, now he's comfortable financially and for the future with uh, Tampa, I think it's cool that he made his way back. That's a lot of rehab and, you know, a lot of hard work behind the scenes that we don't get to see. I'm sure you talked about it on the Rose rotation a few different times, but you have to applaud a guy for it's, it's difficult, man. I had the worst attitude when I was hurt. It just, it makes you feel worthless. And I never had an injury that kept me out a year and a half, but to be able to rehab like that, get it going just in the nick of time for playoffs, I think is really special. I've been amazed by his attitude. Not surprised by amazed by it. He's like, he doesn't have down days for the most part. There aren't dark times. I think that's just because of his outlook on life. He really is like, Hey, listen, there's way worse things. Like I'm a major league pitcher. Like, it's great. You know, I make a great living. I get to travel. Like, he really has an upbeat look on life. And I don't know. I did you know, not that have from, that. I know. And it's easy to get caught down, you know, particularly when your body is your earning power. <laughs> and um, to have that taken away from you. Really interesting. I'm rooting for him tonight. Hell, I'd like to see him throw three shutout innings tonight. And then I'd like to see us take it to his bullpen. Uh, last thing, I love this. We've seen it a ton of times over the years, whether it's Max Scherzer or Mike Trout. And Tuesday night, it was Francisco Lindor playing catch uh, with a kid for the Mets game. I love that. I think it's so cool. By the way, I would be so nervous that I wouldn't catch the ball and it would, like, nail somebody in the nose. I just want to – yep. I just want to let you know. If you could have picked somebody to play catch with when you were that age, a major leaguer, who would it have been? I think I have two. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I was a Dodger fan ish growing up. You know, those are the games that I went to. So I could pick, I would say either Keros or Hideo Nomo, mm-hmm. uh, two guys that I thought were just a lot of fun. I loved watching them. I had a lot of their baseball cards growing up. So one of those two. And then the other guy who I just loved, and I, I think it was from those commercials he used to be on, was Crime Dog, Fred McGriff, who. I'm now buddies with and I have his phone number. Like, like five-year-old me would have been like, you have, you got Fred McGriff's phone number? Like, let's prank call him or something. Like, that's my guy now. So I think uh, I'll say Nomo and Fred McGriff. I think those two guys would be a lot of fun. I would have done the Nomo wind-up, the whole thing, man. Um, yeah, those are my guys. What about you? Who would you play with? Yeah, I love it. You, uh, Fred McGriff and Tom Amansky. Yeah. The triangle. Well, it was only not it wasn't just that one he was also on like this like yes. uh, the crime dog you know whatever that yes was so i hate to admit it but just because basically what's come out with him but i was a huge pete rose fan it's why i wore 14 throughout my childhood and stuff like that and all that 
now I would not want to play catch with him. But when I was a kid, okay. I will admit that. And then this one, I have no problem saying, I am proud to say, Dwayne Kuyper, who okay. on an entire generation of people know him as the guy who was calling Barry Bonds as, it is high, it is far, you know, that that's what Kuyper became. He is a former, one of the few former players that became a play-by-play person and has done a great, great job. But he was the guy I used to pretend to be in the backyard when my brother Pete and I would play catch. He would throw me ground balls. and Because Kipe wasn't much of a stick guy, but he could really pick it at second and throw it. And I always loved that. And I remember meeting him for the first time. And I said, I used to pretend to be you in the backyard. And he was like, well, it must have been the fielding aspect, not the hitting. You know how many, do you know how many home runs he hit? I think he played 12 seasons. No idea. I just tried to look him up on baseball reference. Okay. One. He hit one home run, and it was against another current broadcaster. Heck. Steve Stone. Okay. A Clevelander, no less. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's pretty cool. I like that one. Yeah, it is. What do you have coming up on John Boy? What's today? Wednesday? Oh, yeah. Our uh, midweek episode just dropped. Uh, me and Talking Jake went over our positional unit draft. We went back and, and visited that to see how we did. We, we checked in on our over-unders um, team totals, which is fun to go back and just see where you're at totally. at the beginning of the year, where we're at now. And then we challenged ourselves because – Ken Rosenthal came out with an article and said, the voters have some really hard decisions, you know, and it's going to be really tough for them. And he said, you know what? We don't give a shit. We'll do it right now. So we made the decisions for them. I think that was a lot of fun at the end of the episode. So go check that out. Love it. Okay. Uh, Ryan Stanek is the latest uh, guest on the Chris Rose rotation from the Houston Astros. Please check that one out. I just finished taping Miggy Rowe. That will be available for tomorrow. Obviously we talk a lot about Don Mattingly. Uh, leaving at the end of this year. Um, but we talked to him about a lot of other stuff. Pujols and the importance of Pujols hitting 700 for the uh, Latino ball player community. Um, I thought he had kind of an interesting take on it. You know, we see it one way here in the States. I think the way he saw it was a little different. But Mickey Rose is always a great guy. And I had to show him, finally got my first pair of Jays. Oh, can you show me? Do you have them with you? I do. Basics. Oh, yes. But they're, you know, he was so happy. And of course, he had to one up me. He was like, because he's he's in New York. He's like, oh, man, those look exactly like the pair I got yesterday. Hold on. He got three more pair while he was in New York. He is he's addicted to it. He cannot help himself. Hey, that guy's, you know, he's got like a nice car, a bunch of nice shoes. And you know what else he's oh, got? Yeah. A glove. I saw a stat on him. He's been, he's had more outstanding plays uh, yeah. than any other shortstop in the game this year. So congrats to Miggy Rojas. Uh, doing I hope it with the he glove. gets that gold glove. I hope he gets that gold glove. Sometimes those, those boats can go riot because people don't pay attention. I remember Rafael Palmero won a gold glove at first base when he played like 45 games there that one year. So hopefully yeah, we've, we, I've seen somebody. some of that too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are back at it again on Thursday for our amazing one of a kind producer, Dan Rourke and Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We'll see you Thursday on baseball today.